Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Of course, we're brought to you by BetMGM. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. In this hour here on the program, John Jansen, Fox Sports, the gambler, host of the line change on uh, on that radio station. He'll uh, be with us in 15 minutes time. We'll get we got the Brooklyn perspective of the mega deal last week. We'll get the Philadelphia perspective. and We'll also look uh, at some college hoops with John Jansen as well. Adam Burke, our guy, of course, uh, VSync contributor, you you have seen him. Uh, you've seen him on uh, on primetime action on Bet Center on the weekends. Uh, we'll get Adam's thoughts on some college hoops and uh, some really early NFL lines uh, for uh, the 2022 season. The Super Bowl futures out. The uh, the NFC Championship and AFC Championship futures uh, came out at a bunch of books over the last few days. Matt Neverett is in my chair. I got to see if I get a reaction on him real quick. The the report yesterday that we talked about on the show uh, from F- F- Jeremy Fowler of ESPN of Deshaun Watson being open to both Tampa and Minnesota. Don't you? I, I, I think you're at a point where if you bet Minnesota today and with the unknown of Aaron Rodgers and the, and the NFC North, you bet Minnesota today to win the, uh, the NFC. The best number I saw was 22 to one which seemed pretty high, all things considered. Now, look, I know we don't love Kirk Cousins. I think he's probably about quarterback number 12, which is still easily in the top half. I think that's worth it, especially if if you get Deshaun Watson in Minnesota. I mean, that team goes from, all right, probably losing in the second round of the playoffs to, okay, in a wide-open NFC, you could, end up, you could end up in the Super Bowl. I mean, again, I, I like Matthew Stafford, could be a borderline Hall of Famer when this is all said and done. Matthew Stafford just got through the NFC and won the Super Bowl. Sean Watson went on the field. Of course, he has all the off-the-field issues that still need to be handled and resolved. Sean Watson, better football player than Matthew Stafford. I'd rather have him the football player over Stafford still. And I think the Vikings, if, if you're making that bet, you're, you're assuming a whole lot. No, you are. That's correct. <laughs> number one, you're assuming, yeah, Cousins gone, Watson, legal situation squared away, then there, then Rodgers leaving. If Rodgers goes back, I, I don't think you can make that bet. Oh, well, look, you're, you're, you're really, again, if you're betting, it's too early for me to hop in on anything. I need to see the offseason. I need to see who does what in this offseason. But 
Aaron Rodgers leave potentially leaving Green Bay is really the only story, at least at the forefront of the offseason, that matters. Because we assume, assuming Rodgers is telling us the truth, always a question of that now. If he's telling t- telling us the truth of he's going to resolve this early on because it impacts other people, then you have a scenario where you're going to know. You're going to know by the beginning of free agency, all right, do I want to – do I need to – get in quickly on Green Bay futures? Or do I need to get in quickly on other teams' futures in the NFC? Because if Rodgers leaves, then all of a sudden you have the numbers somewhat baked in that Rodgers is legitimately a coin flip to stay, the way that the numbers are in the the NFC futures and the Super Bowl futures for next year. But it's fascinating to see, again, a lot of offseason to go through in the NFL. And, uh, again, we are – we are a little bit over two months away from the NFL draft, which is right here in Vegas. Again, as I said yesterday, I'm very intrigued to see what ends up happening with the with the newer age odds that could hopefully come to Nevada from the newer jurisdictions over the next few uh, the next few months. Uh, the odds to win next year's Super Bowl, as we've said, Buffalo and Kansas City. They are the favorites, the co-favorites, plus 750. Again, a much uh, much longer number than usual for a favorite. Almost double digits on both of them. Don't bet the Broncos. That's all I'm going to tell you. Don't waste your money on the Broncos, 16-1. Uh, to 1. That's, that, that is baked in that Aaron Rodgers is potentially going there. Bottom of the screen now, Baltimore. I said it earlier. I said it earlier in the week. The Ravens, that's the team to look at if they have a good offseason. They're in Baltimore for the Ravens, who have a last-place schedule for the first time in a long time. Very important for them. Uh, a little bit easier schedule moving forward. Uh, also, yesterday, uh, the LA Ram- the LA Rams parade, which I was surprised Jason Weingarten wasn't actually at. Uh, sure seems like Aaron Donald is coming back, and sure seems like Sean McVay is coming back. Boy, don't you love that the uh, the two weeks bef- between the Super Bowl, you get all sort the week before uh, that bye week, and then the week of the Super Bowl, you always get that nonsense reports of stuff. Sure seems like both of those are trending towards not being uh, those reports that either of those guys are going to ret- walk away. Uh, doesn't seem to be too accurate there. Rams, of course, uh, as you saw on the uh, screen, uh, near the top of the board, the shortest NFC shot of anyone in the uh, on those odds for next year. Uh, as we said earlier in the week, and I'll get John Jansen's thoughts, we'll see how, uh, how close uh, – select team in the NFC East could be if they get one of those high-end quarterbacks. We'll, we'll talk about that with John Jansen in five minutes' time. Uh, by the way, uh, Matt Neverett, I forgot to do something that Gil and I did last week, and I'll bring it up real quick right here before we get into some college hoops for today. The uh, Our curling update. How could I forget it? We're down it. We already completed the semifinals. We're in the medal round already. And our defending gold medalist, Team Schuster from the United States, fell earlier today to the pre-tournament favorites of Great Britain. So the Americans will play the Canadians in the bronze medal match on the men's side. Great Britain will play Sweden, who was the bet that I kind of liked and, of course, naturally didn't bet before the tournament uh, to win the gold in curling. So that's your curling update. 
I know you were uh, waiting on bated breath for that, Matt. Of Denver. course. Well, we talked about it before the show. It's one of the benefits of being here this early, which is the <laughs> South Point being a, a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year sports book. It's one of the, the benefits. But you were telling me that you very nearly took those odds I mean, at a very beneficial number. Yeah, no, 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 there was one book that had a wrong number in comparison, and I'm kind of frustrated I didn't bet it. <laughs> Thus is life. Again, you know, the lean, the leans that you don't play are the ones that always hit. You know that, Matt Nevered, uh, for that. Uh, let's get into some college hoops for tonight. By the way, I don't know if you know this. There is a game that starts as immediately as we are off the air today in the MAC, Buffalo and uh, Eastern Michigan. <laughs> if you want to get your, your either breakfast or lunch with hoops uh, today, uh, big line move here, actually, from 9 to 11 and 11 and, 11 and a half. Uh, on this Buffalo on the road. Uh, Matt, I actually think I am going to put an official play during the break. I will take the points with Eastern Michigan very happily uh, against Buffalo in this early 12 noon game. Uh, Again, if you watch as much college hoops because you, uh, you uh, don't have a, don't have much of a life like me outside of of the, uh, the work. Buffalo is one of the worst coached mid majors in the country, I do not like Jim Whitesell because that is a team that has had a lot of talent ever since Nate Oates started building that program back up before going to Alabama. They're an underachiever with the amount of talent they have. And going on the road playing a weird weekday noon local time tip in uh, well, Eastern Michigan Zipsalani, right? Pretty sure on that. Uh, it, it just kind of seems like that could be a no-show for Buffalo and that. So we'll take, uh, especially since it's better than the overnight, I had Eastern Michigan on my list, potentially a plus nine. Uh, we'll look to take Eastern Michigan in that early game, getting 11 uh, in that one. Uh, again, starting at noon Eastern. Who doesn't love the noon Eastern regular season tip in the MAC? Very random uh, for that one. Uh, other games tonight of note, I will say this. It's been a pretty odd week for distribution of these games or last night and maybe two games that were really of note tonight. If you're looking for ranked team action, there's no matchups between two ranked teams. You have Arizona, who is a ginormous favorite and properly. So at home tonight against Oregon state, they're 24 point favorites, Oregon state. Who's off their elite eight appearances, a hardy three and 20 this year. Nothing wrong with 24 on Arizona. I think that number's right. The uh, the interesting way to play this game, I'd almost look to actually, I don't love betting totals, but I would consider betting a total here. Arizona plays a very fast tempo, a top five tempo in the entire country, which by the way, Matt Everett, I don't know if you know this, Arizona's number two in Ken Palm, which surprised me when I looked at that this morning. Arizona is top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Usually that's a pretty telltale sign that they're a team that can make a big run in March. Ken Palm has this, by the way, as a 29 point line. So if you want to take, if you want to take uh, Arizona, you actually uh, on that, I uh, think that's a little, sh- Ken Palm thinks that 24 is short. I think that's about right though. Oregon state is 310th in the country in defense. If Oregon State, in order to get that over on on 152 and a half, I think you only need 65 out of Oregon. If you get if you get 65, I think you're getting there. You may not even need to get into the 60s. This feels like a game where Arizona is going to score 100 
So I actually do, again, very rarely hop in on totals. But based off the pace Arizona plays, based off the fact that they're great offensively against a bottom 40 defense in the country, I like that total over. You get to 100 with Arizona, you're going to win. You get to you get in the mid 80s, you're going to have a good shot to get there for Arizona. Uh, I, I think they're going to be in the in the in the mid to high 90s, at least getting themselves into the hundred mix. Uh, Arizona's high watermark in conference, by the way, is 90, uh, and that happened against Oregon State. <laughs> so there you go. Or excuse me, uh, up until the game against Washington, should say 92 against Washington just a few days ago. Oregon State is so bad. Pretty amazing. Course of history changed with that big winning streak here in the Pac-12 tournament for them. Probably would have been a different coach there in Corvallis. John Jansen will give his his thoughts on the NBA and more. That's next on the Numbers Game here on VEASAN. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. So go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get the Beating the Book pod with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert. Don't forget Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson, The Wide World, The Wine Garden, and much more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It is a numbers game on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles. And now with us, it is John Jansen of Fox Sports, the gambler. He hosts the line change Monday through Friday. Uh, John, uh, you're uh, you're now moving up in the, in the world. You're now seven to 10 most days, John. You get to uh, you get to get out of there earlier. Yeah, a little bit early. An hour early is good for me, so I'm uh, I'm okay with that. There you go. And uh, back and backwards hat for Jansen. Jansen Cash is at minus two fifty this morning. That's uh, a here. signature. Would, would Slash ever be called without a top hat? Come on, Come on. <laughs> John. I I, I, I got to ask you uh, real quick here because we we talked about it a little bit on your program tonight that it happened. But uh, from from your perspective here, because Harden doesn't look like he's going to play tonight for the Sixers. Uh, they'll get him back after the All-Star break. But how do you think Embiid and Harden are going to mesh here for people that are looking to make a Sixers futures bet now with Harden being in Philadelphia? 
I think overall pretty good. Obviously, I think what I heard you say it too. We 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 are not exactly sure yet of how this is going to work, but Overall, I would say on the surface, a good point guard paired with a really good center. They work well, very work well off the pick and roll. The, the only thing is, and I, I talked about this last night on my show, that there are two unique kind of players. Like Harden is unique. Harden's not a true point guard. Harden's a little bit different. He loves to get to the foul line. So does Embiid. The, the thing is, what I'm, I, I think will work well, they're not going to take shots from each other. Like James Harden is going to take shots away from Maxi, from Tobias Harris, those perimeter shots. Joel Embiid plays a much different game and a much different spot. So I don't think they take away from each other, but I, I do kind of think that the unique kind of games that they have, it is something that I'm, I'm curious about. And I, I don't know if that a hundred percent fits or, or maybe it fits even better than we think, but it's something I'm definitely looking out for. No. And, and it's in- interesting too, because you saw them vault up the futures boards and properly. So after the deal, John, but, but look, looking at this Eastern conference, Philly currently in the five hole, which right now, if they drew Cleveland, I, as good as a story Cleveland has been, I'm sure the Sixers would be very happy with that draw if they got the Cavs. But, John, just m- looking forward, Milwaukee and Miami still seem to be problem matchups, potentially, for the Sixers. Yeah, I, I think Milwaukee is such a sure thing right now. So, when I saw the the futures come out, as soon as I hardened trade, I was kind of stunned that the Sixers and the Bucks were kind of the same. And I was I was kind of baffled by that because Milwaukee is such a sure thing. They're still a great team. Giannis is still playing like he's one of the best players in the NBA. But, it, you know, the Sixers, it is, it's all just upside. And I think I am going to wait. It's not like you have to get it right now and it's not going to be at a great price. You can wait for it and get it. Uh, but the Nets, you know, the Nets, uh, I think, are even more of a wild card. So, I was, I'm still just baffled by the fact that they're still at the top of the Eastern conference board. I'm not sure why that's the case. The, uh, the nets still in the eighth seed after that miraculous win at the garden last night down by 28 uh, again, uh, still waiting to see what the, if there's a rule change on the vaccine mandate for Kyrie Irving there in New York city, John Jansen uh, of Fox sports, the gambler hosts the line change uh, starting seven o'clock Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Uh, John, I want to I want to shift to the MVP debate because this has been a hot button topic, especially in Philadelphia, because Joel Embiid has gone from oh, only about thirty five to one to being the betting favorite very quickly here because of this just huge month he's had. Uh, do, do you think he's still going to win the MVP at this point? And it kind of goes back to him and Harden's meshing ability still, John. Yeah, there's still, I think I even heard you talking about this. It's still pretty wide open. You know, there's, there just needs to be somebody to take the reins on this. And I'm not sure if the Sixers are that because there is going to be a feeling out process. Is Joel Embiid numbers going to be still very good? I still think he's going to average a double, double and over 29 or just about 29 points per game. Like I don't think much changes. I think the changes are with the Sixers. You know, I don't know what kind of run they're going to go on when I'm more like see Milwaukee go on a big run. And if they end up rattling off 10 straight wins, well, yeah, then Giannis injects himself into the top of the conversation of MVP. And then also Nikola Jokic, Denver has a chance to go on a run and really climb up the Western conference board. So in just looking at potential scenarios, it's really tough for me to think that the Sixers are going to be as strong in the second half. Yeah. I still think they're going to be fine. And I think they're going to end up with a pretty good seat in the Eastern conference, but it's just not as likely that they have a run that I think Milwaukee could potentially go on. No, and I kind of brought that up earlier with at least on the Bucks side where if Milwaukee goes on the, the Thumo nuclear run that they seemingly do every year and Giannis is leading that run, that would be the way that this gets uh, 
blown up for an Embiid or a Jokic. I, I would vote for Jokic today personally, but uh, uh, we'll see how it plays out over the last 20 some odd games in the league. John Jansen with us right now, John, I, I want to bring up one NFL thing because you've become a, you've become the Joe Burrow hater all of a sudden for whatever reason. Um, and, and we, we, I want to just phrase it this way more than anything. Because there seems to be this consensus that Cincinnati is going to be able to make it back at some point. We brought this up earlier in the week. Dan Marino made it in his second year, never made it again. The AFC is stacked across the board. This really does feel like a game that they lose by a field goal. That Cincinnati in a run where, look, they were lucky in those in a, in a few spots in those playoffs. McPherson was the best kicker in the world for a month. But it sure seems like this was a the missed opportunity of missed opportunities for Cincinnati this past Sunday. Yeah, it seemed like it was a magical run, you know, even going to a little bit, it was a little bit of a different scenario, but the 2017 Eagles, you know, we didn't really expect them to be there all of a there and they're winning games. And maybe you could have said the Atlanta game was lucky, all that, but they played really well at the end. But Cincinnati was on that kind of run where it seemed like it was going to end with the championship. And I just think that the, the difference with Cincinnati is going to be their defense. You know, I don't think it's going to hold up throughout the regular season and into the postseason the way it did this postseason. Like Joe Burrow was getting all the credit for winning those games. But the thing is, he was just all right. He was very pedestrian average. Like there wasn't anything spectacular he was doing. He was still turning the ball over. His numbers all regressed from the regular season into the postseason. Yes, offensive line is something to do with that. And I think that is somewhat of a simple fix. But then you have to go fix the defense, which I don't think is going to repeat the same performance they had through the postseason. So to me, Cincinnati is a huge regression candidate when also you have somebody like the Ravens who are getting healthy, getting their MVP quarterback back. By the way, Joe Burrow is not the best quarterback in that division. Lamar Jackson still MVP of the league. Joe Burrow doesn't have one of those yet, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the Ravens have a chance to get better. I just don't know where Cincinnati can or if they can get better enough defensively. I think there are more holes to fix than people are letting on. No, I, I that I don't disagree with you. And we brought up Baltimore earlier in the week as a Regression to the mean in a positive way for Baltimore. Uh, they, they lose the last, their last uh, six to miss the playoffs. They had over 25 guys on IR by the end. I'm with you on Baltimore. Wouldn't shock me one bit if the Ravens win the AFC North next year and Cincinnati is in a five or a six or maybe even a seven seed in the AFC. And no fault to their own where they might actually have a better roster than they had this year, but uh, just sometimes reg regress uh, even with a better roster in this league. Uh, John, I want to ask you real quick, because uh, this seems to be a talking point a little bit more than I would have expected for the Eagles, for the Eagles, who I think are at this point with the way that that division breaks down and, and a coaching staff in Dallas, I don't trust. And we have about a, a 90 seconds here for your answer. Are the Eagles really a, a Russell Wilson trade or maybe even a Deshaun Watson trade away from being a team you would look to bet in, let's say, a divisional future market next year? Yeah, I, I would. You know, I think it can happen a lot quicker because they have a lot of assets. And it's just the the thought is you get Russell Wilson or you have to, you know, get Deshaun Watson, whatever it is, give up a lot of money, give up a lot of assets, but you don't give it up all at once. There still is multiple different ways to build. If you, let's say, get Russell Wilson, I think you still have a little bit more cap room to work with and you still have some trade assets. It's not like Russell Wilson's going to get a haul of four or five first round picks. They have three of them this year and it's not going to cost all three of them to get him. 
So I think the Eagles can build. There already is a foundation there. And most of them seem like they're staying. Jason Kelsey seems like he's not going to retire. Fletcher Cox is still there. Like there's still a solid foundation. Brandon Graham's coming back from injury. So I think a quarterback does kind of get them into the conversation because that would mean they're also willing to get more players through the trade or more players through free agency as well. So yeah, I think so. John, uh, before we let you go, uh, if you uh, if you were to make a bet in the futures market right now for next year's Super Bowl, in in twenty seconds or less, less, who's the team? I'm just going to make a sound clip for you, Jacksonville. Oh, yes, I, really, I knew Jackson, it. I knew Jacksonville's, it. <laughs> Jacksonville's going to go for it. Doug Peterson's not there for rebuild or for a couple of years. Doug Peterson's there, and Trevor Lawrence is there to win now. Within this rookie contract window, they're going to trade. They're going to get all the top free agents. Like I'm I'm anticipating that Jacksonville goes all in like most teams do with the second-year quarterback, and the upside of Trevor Lawrence is a lot greater than people think, and I think there's more talent on that roster as well than what they let on. John, I can't wait to use this clip back at you when it goes horribly awry. I can't wait. Can't wait. John Jansen, everyone, uh, host of the line change on Fox Sports, the gambler in Philadelphia, seven o'clock start time for that show Monday through Friday. John, thank you, buddy. We'll uh, we'll talk again tonight, actually. Yes, we will. About Jacksonville. Yes, there you go. Adam Burke with us next talking college hoops on a numbers game. numbers game and of course we have a great offer for you here at VEASAN that is described as madness you get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April the 4th for just $29 sign up now get our daily best bet emails 24-7 video access the upcoming college hoops betting guide bracket breakdowns plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every game this deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. It is a numbers game here on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles. Uh, I, I wish I had left John Jansen some more time. Just uh, l- l- let him uh, let, l- let him praise the uh, the great franchise that is the Jacksonville Jaguars a little bit longer. But now, now with us, uh, uh, w- w- one of the one of the smartest. Guys that I have had the pleasure of being on the air with, of course, uh, it is our guy Adam Burke. You can get him on the tweets at Skating Tripod. Still one of the best Twitter handles there is. Adam, good morning. Uh, pleasure as always to talk to you, buddy. No, I appreciate you buttering me up here for the 8:30 a.m. spot. Thank you so much for that, Jeff. Well, I have to. I have to do it. You got up early for us, and uh, we're happy to have you, uh, Adam. I, I just want to start uh, with, with something you wrote earlier in the week on Veasan.com. Uh, and that is, uh, it's never too early to look forward to next year's Super Bowl. You gave out three futures that you like. Uh, of the three that you gave out, let's go through one of those, and you can pick the one you want. What's one team that you're looking at futures-wise a little early for next year's Super Bowl? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the shortest price that I wrote about, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers at 25-1. to 1. You know, look, I mean, obviously we know that that offense is very good, and, and they were a team that, they were seconds away from making the playoffs this year. You know, if we would have had the gentleman's agreement with the tie in week 18, they would have made the playoffs would have spared us from seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. And and that would have been good for everybody. But you know, for the chargers here, they have the second most available cap space to spend this off season. So this is a team that is very, is set up very nicely on the offensive side. 
It's the defensive side that everybody's worried about, and they've got money to address that. So to me, I think the Chargers are a team that could really take a step forward here. It is a difficult division, and it would get even more difficult if, for whatever reason, the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or somebody of that ilk. But I still think that this Chargers team is really poised for sort of that second-year breakout for Brandon Staley, who we know was the architect of that really good Rams defense that we just saw win a Super Bowl. So I guess the Chargers team that's really ready to take the leap, and at 25-1, to 1, I think they're worth investing in. Sure. Uh, I'm sure there would be some people that would uh, would uh... – would not be uh, not be overly pleased if uh, if uh, Brandon Staley actually uh, actually won a Super Bowl. I would be very happy, by the way, Adam, if that were to happen. But uh, uh, I'm with you there on on the Chargers. Uh, uh, they were close, like you said. Probably should have made the playoffs la- uh, this past season. Twenty five to one. Think that's a good price there, uh, a- Adam. Just uh, w- looking at this NFL offseason landscape. What what's the thing that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, in the non-Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes uh, division for this NFL offseason? Yeah, I mean, you know, the obvious answer would be to say the other quarterbacks. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, where does Jimmy Garoppolo go since it does seem like the 49ers want to hand the keys of the car to Trey Lance? Does somebody take that shot with Deshaun Watson, take that, you know, potential PR hit to get a guy who may very well be a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL is have we reached that time where some team is going to do that? And obviously we've heard very little about the follow-up to his legal situation or anything like that, but you've also got, you know, does Teddy Bridgewater make somebody better? You know, is, is that a guy that you know could potentially help a team here somewhere this season? You have a lot of moving parts with the quarterbacks, of course, but the other thing that I'm kind of interested in seeing is, you know, what sort of happens with, the teams that need help in the draft, you know, and obviously I'm talking about Cincinnati needing offensive linemen, the Browns needing wide receivers and and needing a lot of them at that. You know, what happens with these teams? Do they go ahead and draft the best player available or the best player available at their area of need? And I'm sure that's something we'll be talking about extensively here uh, over the next, you know, two months or so in the lead up to the draft. No, that's a, that's a good point because you, uh, Again, you have a whole, you have whole, all free agency beforehand, and then of course the draft uh, here in Vegas at the end of April. Uh, Adam, I, I'm going to be hopeful that we have uh, some newer age uh, draft props here in Vegas because boy, we really do need them this year with the draft in our backyard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, fortunately for us, Vston is a national network, so yes, you know, we can talk about the things that that aren't available to us <laughs> here in the state of Nevada, but. You know what? Also, too, I mean, we could all carpool with Matt Brown, who I know talks about going down to Arizona all the time. Uh, we could just carpool with him down across the border, get in what we need to get in, and then uh, head back to Sin City here. There we go. Uh, with the the uh, the the carpool, the Kingman. There we go. That that's all we need to do uh, here here on the network. Adam Burke with us right now. Uh, of course, our sports betting analyst here at Vsin. Of course, you can find uh, great articles from Adam uh, uh, every single uh, basically every day on Vsin.com on the tweets at skating tripods, uh, Adam, now uh, that we're past football, we shift to college basketball. Uh, is there anything that you look for when you're betting college basketball uh, that, that uh, may uh, be a little bit different handicapping wise? I don't know if I would say different necessarily, but you know, to use an example from yesterday, uh, I was on uh, Utah Valley against Tarleton mm-hmm. state. And these two teams played back on January 1st, Utah Valley won the first game by 22 points. And they were only a two and a half point road favorite last night. And yeah, sometimes you can have outliers. Maybe a team goes, you know, 16 of 29 from three or, or something like that and has some big performance from beyond the arc. 
but there was nothing that really stood out as an outlier, nothing that stood out that couldn't be repeated in that game between Utah Valley and Tarleton State. And, of course, that line closes in the two, two-and-a-half range. Utah Valley wins by 13. That's something I love to do in the month of February because, look, you know, you know this as well as I do. We've all been doing Super Bowl stuff. It's been mm-hmm. a little bit hard to keep up with college basketball. But if I have a recent data point, that's something I can refer to, go back to, see how that matchup went, see if anything stood out. Was there a player in foul trouble for one team who, you know, was maybe their leading scorer? And that kind of dictated what happened in that matchup for them. So I love to look back at the first game between two teams, kind of analyze that, see what the market does, and then go from there for the second game. And that was one that worked out last night where Utah Valley was was mostly in control uh, throughout the second half of that one. Yeah, Utah Valley was a good second half bet as well. That was a close game at halftime. And then Utah Valley steamrolled Tarleton State uh, out, out of the building in the second half. And and Adam, we're gonna we're gonna keep it with a with the flavor of some smaller conferences. And you said it yesterday on Betting Across America, all this money spends the same. Pays the same regardless of it's the if it's a power five or if it's a smaller conference. We're not in the small of the small here, but uh, tonight uh, UTEP on the road at Louisiana Tech is a game we're looking at here. Yeah, so this is another thing that I look at, especially once we get deeper in the month of February, and it's that UTEP has played the 13th ranked conference schedule to this point. Their remaining regular season schedule is actually ranked as the toughest, and that includes tonight's game against Louisiana Tech, where the the Bulldogs are laying nine at home in Ruston for this one. So UTEP is stepping up in class a little bit. This is a team with a first-year head coach in Joe Golding, who came over from uh, Abilene Christian, where Mm -hmm. they were very, very aggressive with their press defense. Teams that have better ball handlers are going to beat that defense, and and Louisiana Tech is one of those teams here. For UTEP this season, too, I don't like anything about their offensive strategy. They're one of the lowest teams in close twos as defined by Bart Torvik in terms of shot share. So they don't get to the rim. They have to take a lot of mid range jumpers, a lot of long jumpers. That's not really a good offensive strategy for them. And they're 313th in the nation in two point percentage. So you can see that it's a very inefficient philosophy on offense. So for me, I just think Louisiana tech minus nine tonight. I just think they overwhelm UTEP a team that I did write about this week in Point Spread Weekly as a team I am looking to fade here going forward. UTEP, uh, La Teca, that's a 7.30 Eastern start there in uh, Ruston, so 6.30 local time. Adam likes uh, the uh, the Bulldogs laying the nine against UTEP. Uh, another game, uh, Adam, uh, we have about, a, we have about a, a minute here for this last game. Hawaii at UC San Diego. You and I actually talked about Hawaii being a team that we may want to go against uh, a few weeks ago on uh, uh, on Bet Center, and tonight Hawaii on the road laying two and a half against UC San Diego. Yeah, and hopefully I didn't miss the boat on this one, Jeff. But you know, Hawaii lost three in a row, then blew out Cal State Fullerton over the weekend. But look, this is a team that obviously plays better at home on the island than they do on the road. They're on the road for four of their last six games here to end Big West Conference play. They're just a team that they don't force turnovers. They've gotten very fortunate defensively, I think, in terms of how they've done defending two-point shots because they've actually allowed a lot of shots at the rim. So I think this is something that kind of catches up with Hawaii here throughout the rest of the season. And I think UC San Diego tonight getting the two-and-a-half, maybe a money line sprinkle uh, in that late game out west is, is a good way to go against the Rainbow Warriors, who I think are in line for some negative regression. 
the uh, the UC San Diego Tritons for everyone that's wondering on that. Uh, Adam likes uh, them tonight, plus two and a half, or even a little sprinkle, plus one twenty-five on the money line. You can get Adam Burke uh, here at VSIN. You can find his articles at VSIN.com. Our sports betting analyst on the tweets at Skating Tripods. Adam, thanks for being with us this morning. Appreciate it, Jeff. Have a good one. You as well. I'll see you uh, tomorrow for Adam Burke. Uh, coming back, uh, college hoops plays of the day for me. We already Matt Neverd already making uh, Eastern Michigan an official play for me. So we'll we'll have that, and we'll have some more college hoops plays next. Numbers game, Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000 and you will get your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selections, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and more. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM resorts nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VSIN1000. That's V-S-I-N-1-0-0-0 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-transferable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. And this offer is not available in the state of Nevada. It is a numbers game on VSIN. Happy to be with you. The Lombardi line's coming your way next. Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi, get you covered here on a Thursday. It'll be Thursday early afternoon on the East Coast or Thursday morning here out in Las Vegas. Uh, college hoops-wise, we, uh, we actually went 2-0 yesterday. St. John's, eight-point underdog when we gave it out on the show, close six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Ended up winning outright in Cincinnati against Xavier. And then Rutgers, as we talked about earlier, Rutgers a four-point dog at home against Illinois, and that was no contest. Scarlet Knights just dominated that game from the get-go. Rutgers with four straight wins against ranked teams. 
playing them way, their way from not even close to not even close to the tournament to probably not even in Dayton right now, in the bracket without a play-in slot. Gotta love it. Gotta love it for the Scarlet Knights, seventy to fifty-nine winners. That game really wasn't even that tight. Really, Rutgers was up fifteen, a good chunk of that game uh, against the Fighting Illini yesterday. Uh, today, I will say this: not the greatest of cards. Uh, we are in on Eastern Michigan at this noon tip, getting 11. I would consider taking six in the first half. This does kind of smell like a, a flat start for Buffalo, and you may just get out-talented in the second half. Uh, but uh, I, I like Eastern Michigan in that very bizarre noon Eastern tip-off in Ypsilanti today. Also, Ypsilanti mentions uh, you, you cash the over a half pretty easily there. Hopefully, you points bet that on, that on those mentions uh, today. Uh, one that I do like later, and I will say we talked about the Arizona-Oregon State angle before, where that total seems to be dipping. You may want to just be patient with that. Bet that one over. That's not in the account yet. I'm going to wait to see if we have a, a, a dip. On the total, it was 153 overnight. You're starting to see some 152s and even a 151 and a half on a total for Arizona and Oregon State. But that's something that I'm going to be looking at. Uh, I know uh, I convinced Matt Neverd to take the over in that game, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, but we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go to a team that won a game in a tournament last year, and that is North Texas uh, on a on quite the roll out of CUSA. North Texas has not lost since January the sixth where they lost at home to UAB. Since then, they have uh, they've racked off 10 in a row. They're 18-4 and four in the year. They get Florida Atlantic. Uh, the Owls uh, actually, from their numbers, play out like a pretty reasonable team. Uh, you're seeing that number of three. It was two overnight, now three and two and a half on North Texas. I'm in at two and a half on the mean green. I'm just going to take the better team, uh, yes, I understand they're on the road. Yes, I understand it is a conference game. But I am going to take the better team and the better coach team in this one. I, I love Grant McCaslin. Excellent coach. By the way, Matt Never, North Texas is actually <laughs> one slot behind Providence in Ken Palm right now. And I got burned on Providence the other day. Well, Providence, we talked about it earlier in the week because uh, Providence seems to be a team that hey, the, the numbers hate Providence. Number one in luck on uh, on Ken Palm. Uh, Torvik doesn't love them either. They're a team that just seemingly has gotten by by winning close games. They lead the country in most wins by seven or less this year. But North Texas only one spot behind them, and they're ahead of Indiana now as well. In Ken Palm, I, I look. I think I watched him a few times in conference. Played a very impressive. Played his very unwatchable slow tempo. So it may not be the best game on your eyes, but they're great defensively. So we'll lay two and a half. That's good to three on North Texas uh, there in in Boca tonight against the FAU Owls. So I do like that tonight. One that I'm I'm a little aggravated myself. I should have taken the overnight. See, had the foresight on this. Michigan down to five right now in Iowa City against Iowa. I don't think Iowa's really any good. The problem is I don't want to lay I I don't want to take the 5 with Michigan who's coming off the loss against Ohio State. I think this is the proper line move to Michigan here from 6 or 6 and a half down to 5. Uh if you see a pop at any day with money coming on Iowa at any point, I would consider coming back in on Michigan. 
Uh, I, I just really don't like this Iowa team. And Michigan has been, as we've mentioned, probably the most disappointing team in the country this year. Expectations after getting a one seed last year, I don't think they're a tournament team. But tonight, if you can get back to six, I would definitely take Michigan at six. Five and a half, I'd considering again five. I think you're probably looking at maybe in a push range as well. I wouldn't lay with Iowa, though. That I would not do uh, in this one uh, tonight uh, in Iowa City. One more here in the uh, in uh, the CAA. Matt, we talked about it the last time I was in for Gill. UNC Wilmington is kind of the darling of this conference. They are not liked by the number by by the analytic numbers. They had a win streak of eleven straight games. They've covered all but one of their last eighteen. The uh, the UNC Wilmington Seahawks. They're at home tonight against Towson, who. These, these teams played in Towson earlier in the year. UNC Wilmington was a pretty nice-sized underdog, almost double digits. They were eight and a half in that one. They won outright in overtime in that game. Tonight, they come back home getting three. We're going to take three with the Seahawks at home against Towson. I will say this with Towson. I think when we get to the, the CAA tournament in D.C., if you're looking to bet a futures number, Towson is the team I would bet. I think they are the most talented team. And you get these teams on a neutral. I would probably look to play Towson. But in UNC Wilmington's building, as a home dog, where UNC Wilmington has been great as a home underdog this year, they've been underdogs at home to the likes of Hofstra, who's probably the second-best team by the numbers in that, in that conference, won that game outright. Home underdog to Drexel. Won that game outright. They've been very good as a home underdog or a short home favorite this year. So we're going to take three with Wilmington. Probably a sprinkle, a plus 135 on the money line as well for UNC Wilmington tonight. So there you go. I ended up with a three-pack here of Eastern Michigan. Great. UNC Wilmington here in this one and then North Texas. Uh, you got three different shades of green tonight. There you go. Three you go. different shades of green. And, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it brings back one shade of green for us. Tonight. I was about to say, what color is money? There you go. Yeah, what, I, I like the omen. Yeah, hopefully it's one shade of green back to us uh, tonight. By the way, one other thing I will say with this slate, Matt, and we talked about it before, uh, just really an ugly-looking slate on the board. And usually that can produce some ridiculous basketball when we end up with that. Uh, but look, we are one month away from the round of 64. That's the one benefit that I will say, and it could work as a benefit and a negative. With the NFL season being a week extra, so the Super Bowl is a week further back than usual, we're already, the week after next is the smaller conference tournaments already. Like, we're, like this is going to be quick for people that were all in on, that were only paying attention to the NFL, and look, that's a lot of us. College basketball, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you right in the face here. As we go through this last month. And look, uh, I don't know about you, Matt Everett. The best individual event, period. And I know this is not a hot take at all. Betting-wise, watching-wise, sport-wise, of course, the first two days of March Madness. The best. Can't wait to have it feel a little more regular this year than it did last year. Remember, we did Friday through Monday last year for the uh, first two rounds of the tournament this year. Back to your regular format. Teams going across the country. Uh, of course, starting, uh, and also, too, at St. Patrick's Day, the first day of the tournament. <laughs> 
There's some interesting sights here in Vegas. That that I know for sure, uh, experiencing some of those St. Patty's Day uh, NCAA tournament days. Uh, always can be interesting here in town. So there you go. You better get your Eastern Michigan bet in right now because that game starts in five minutes in the Ypsilanti. They're right now getting 11 up from nine overnight on uh, Eastern Michigan. The Eagles there against the Buffalo Bulls. That's all the time we have here on Numbers Game. Thanks for tuning in today. The Lombardi line, Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi. Coming your way next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Good luck on all your bets tonight, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning here on a numbers game. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.